Welcome to Mummy and Daddy. The podcast where we discuss horror movies featuring children. Because parenting can be scary. And kids are definitely creepy. I don't know where to start, Paul. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We can start here. Hello. Hello. Hi, welcome to episode 48. Oh my gosh, 48. Mm. 48 is great. That's what they've always said. Wow. It says it on balloons and gift bags the world over, and now we say it here to lead off this podcast. 48 is great. Here we are. How are you doing, Josh? I'm doing pretty well, you know? Um, it's 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 been a mixed bag of stuff, mixed bag of beans, as... August was a tremendous, we talked about it already, about having COVID and everything else. It's also the anniversary of my brother Matt's passing and his funeral coming up. And so as I feel like the darkness of that anniversary coupled with all of the, trying to do all the celebrating of birthdays and big anniversaries and everything else like that, his, uh, all while trying to start school and all of these things, has made my mind a bit of a jumble. But so I'm really like looking forward to what's ahead, like Mm -hmm. for the end of the year. And I'm not, I feel like even a year ago, I was thinking more like, yeah, let this year end (laughs) pretty good all set with this. But I'm feeling much more optimistic for this, like the last three months here to go the final quarter, Mm. as you say in business parlance, that um, I'm excited to, for all that's coming, you know, I'm going to get a little tattoo, a mat to you of, of <laughs> which I won't unveil yet um, on what would have been his, when his funeral was, I'm going to go that day and do that. It's very goth of me. Instead of watching the queen's funeral, which she had the nerve to. Oh my goodness. Um, I don't actually Can't care anything about royalty, we- so. That's the only thing I'll say about that. But And here, and my loyalties are split. The loyalty to your royalty? The loyalty to the royalty and the loyalty to my brother. I don't know what to choose. Um, I But I'm really looking forward to that. And I and then, yeah, I can't believe she had the nerve. I did send a letter. Good. To tell him not to do it, to call it off. We'll see. So everyone, don't plan on attending the royal funeral in case they cancel it per my letter um but then beyond that we've got family visitors coming and just some i feel like some fun in the works i'm looking we got fun in the works we do we have like nice little doing some weekends away with family with friends i'm going back on a solo trip yes to the great first state of delaware to see, well, they, they actually live just over the line in Pennsylvania, but to see <laughs> first guest of the show, expert of Mummy and Daddy, oh, Aunt yeah. Monica, I'm going to see Cousin Lou and Cousin Goo, but especially Cousin Lou march in marching band. On That's his, tremendous. His homecoming game. I, don't, I still don't understand what homecoming is or means, but I know it's significant. 
I couldn't tell you that. That's I'm I'm not that person to know the uh, the history of such a thing. I famously did not pay attention to one game of all the four years of my marching band career. Um, the only way I knew that we had won was because we had to play the alma mater. So my mom would ask me if if we won, and I had to think: Did we play did the we play? Alma? Yeah. Oh wow! So even whether you won or lost, no attention was paid. I that makes sense. But the word homecoming itself, I have no clue. And it's refer. It, obviously, there's always the big game. The band plays. There's sometimes a queen and a king. Royalty. Yes. I'll see if they got my letter. Mm. At Cousin Lou's school. Garnet Valley. Yeah. I said, do not have a homecoming king or queen. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I'm coming for all you royals. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go home and, and see him play trumpet though. And I played trumpet as well. So it's very special. And so I get to see maybe even some fall colors. <sighs> I I do enjoy a fall visit, though I have to say I'm not. I've been thinking about this because we, uh, this past weekend, as soon as I was done with uh, a job that I was filming um, commercial, I the the it coincided with the heat breaking under a hundred degrees, mm-hmm. and so um, I know the kids were excited to decorate for Halloween, so we did that already. Done. <laughs> but I realized, like, um, especially with the with the onslaught of the PSL. And I guess you can't really even say PSL now because the onslaught is the PCB, the pumpkin, no, PCCB, PCCB, the pumpkin cream cold brew. That's like what the, all the rage is. I think I even sent you a, a funny little video of someone shotgunning one. You're right. Um, you did. <laughs> you, you did. And I took a photo of it, of the big window sticker for it at Dunkin' Donuts because it just said in a big orange circle, pumpkin cold cream brew. I couldn't even. Oh, so it might be. Let's see. P cubed B. P cubed B. That P- sounds gross. It truly does. <laughs> you cubed the B. Um, oh, here we go. It says, oh, pumpkin cold foam, PCF. Oh, no. Those are my, my initials <laughs> are CPF. Oh, no. I'm a cold, cold foam pumpkin. pumpkin. <laughs> Cold pumpkin foam. Oh, good God. That is worse than pumpkin cold foam. Oh, it's all starting to lose meaning. But I, my point is that I, I'm not like the person who's all about fall, but mm-hmm. I am all about Halloween. And that That's is right. what I am very excited for. It's literally all we've been talking about with the kids. They, Boo has gone full friggin' tilt, absolute, absur- into absurdity. Like yes. he he's pulling out toys f- f- that I have I haven't seen in years and being like this is what I want to be yes for it, Halloween it makes no sense well that's it it's the Halloween what are we gonna be debate he's making it a full it is the entirety of our family dinners at this point yeah is going around in a gigantic circle about <laughs> what to be and. I've explained to the kids that we don't, they can be whatever they want on Halloween, but we do have a, a tradition to uphold of a family costume and they, they don't seem to understand that. But, you know, I'm just thankful for the conversation at dinner mm-hmm. because otherwise it just devolves into 
us trying to get them to stop talking about poop and farts and pee and butt cheese and eyeballs eyeballs that i i always laugh because boo thinks boo thinks that eyeballs are in that same category which led me to buy him eyeball balloons at target today anyway oh that's that'd be like getting butt balloons which would be (laughs) i would love that also pink eye risk by the way oh good golly okay so this is this is our lives right now looking ahead to halloween that's true not so much fall because it is only still in the 90s here in beautiful socal oh yeah i had to turn off the ac to record i'm already schwitzing here Mm. um that's for you dear listeners but yeah it's we don't get the luxury of of fall here in southern california it's hot until november and then it is not and then it's hot until it's not you said it and we'll see what happens this year but I it's a great point that you might get a actual some actual fall action. You definitely will. You're gonna be there in prime time. Maybe I, think. It, I don't know. I'll, I'm, I'm not getting my hopes up. Canada the week before. That's I didn't right. even think about that. I might see some fall colors. Mm, peeping. I'll be peeping. <laughs> Streaking and peeping. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to say it was very refreshing to watch this film. Yeah. Set. In Central Oregon. Oh, the dampness. The gloom. The gloom. We had some rain here last weekend, and it was glorious. It was a complete freak of climate. Yeah. Uh, But it was so wonderful. And I'm not one to really love the rain, but... um, You hate it, actually. Yeah, but it was really great. A nice soaking downpour. Yep. Yeah, the remnants of a tropical storm from a hurricane in Mexico mm. that ultimately crushed a heat wave here. It was just great. It ended up being just really yeah pleasant all day drizzle, and mm. it was it was great. It was just great. It really did feel like the break that you need in this kind of weather because this usually, I mean, for years it's not it's not exclusive to this year. Even though this apparently was a record breaking heat wave, is my climate anxiety goes through the roof when it is a hundred yeah. degrees and still and it's hot in the evenings and it's Mm. still bright out and everything else and you do just feel especially when there are wildfires which Mm, mm, mercifully mm. we're okay for the moment but anyway it just is the kind of thing where you start to feel like you're in an oven it doesn't feel great and yeah that was that was a welcome respite so i appreciate it oh boy to have that soaking uh natural camo jacket that (laughs) lucas had in the film the antlers the star of our of our show this week (laughs) the antlers the antlers um the antlers okay uh should we just jump right in i feel like we got to we have a lot of time we do we got a lot to talk about we We gotta hit this okay i'm so curious to hear what our listeners thought of this movie i we missed it when it came out and i had it has been lingering on the list for quite a while yes and I have to say, in case you didn't watch it yet, if like us, you were holding back because I had heard it was absurdly gory and I know it's getting conflated with another movie, which I feel like was the reason why I put it to the bottom of the list. I was like, I got to be in the right frame of mind to go into like a gore fest. I'm not opposed to it, but I thought it was going to just be something. Mm. I think this is, I think, because I read some reviews and people do talk about it being very, very gory. It's just not... We're just desensitized to these things. Maybe that's it. But I, I thought all the, I thought all the gore was earned 
in it, and it's not. Um, it was really good. It well, was pretty well done. Yeah, given the amount of CGI. There was enough, just enough. I feel like practical stuff in there to make it yeah. feel okay. But I'm gonna clarify my highly descriptive word of good. Um, <laughs> I'm just gonna say I really like gore when I'm creeped, but I can still watch it. Yeah, and then. I'm really just enjoying how like well done the effects are. Yes. And but I'm still creeped. So I think Agreed. this this got there for me. Like that's why I like Cronenberg cuz I'm like I'm very very creeped out, but I'm watching it. I'm enthralled. I'm I'm like how are they doing that? Totally. Yeah, you can kind of you get a nice little bird's eye view on it. And yeah, something about this cuz it is it's sort of like a zombie slash monster movie in a way. And I like to call it Dope Sick with a Wendigo. Dope Sick with a Wendigo. That is I'm I'm 90% that's a bare naked ladies lyric. <laughs> no, the show Dope Sick. The show Dope Sick, yes. yes it, but it, with a Wendigo. Yes. Um, which is like a Sasquatch. It this the the monster in Antlers is a Wendigo. It's a it's from it's an indigenous folklore monster that is exactly what happens in the movie. It bursts out of, you know, it possesses people. It, it has um, mm-hmm. like cannibal or, you know, it, it eats people. It feeds, it has like a insatiable hunger. And I mean, the antlers part, there's, there's antlers in like drawings and stuff. Right. But um, it's just like a big monster says there's like a, a certain cold associated with it that is not um part of this movie oh that makes sense yeah because the name that name a wendigo i've only ever heard it it was like an old x-men villain and he oh. was white all white but like a big mm. sasquatch type of mm-hmm. monster creature yeah and so that would make sense it's sort of um a yeah, like a cold creature. He's uh, mm-hmm. Canadian or something. And I mean, it's certainly cold in this movie, but that's not like the point of this monster. Right. It wasn't brought out with the first snow or something. Or, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Should I read a synopsis? Yeah, we better before I talk about it too much. Okay. Um, there are two synopsises here on the international. <laughs> yeah, monster. Monster. Dope sick book. book. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm pleased to tell you that one of them is by Nick Reginus. Hey. Um, it's definitely not the better one of the two, however. Yeah, a little nepotism. I signed in. I know. Yeah, it's just a. You know, it's so nice to see a familiar name. Sometimes it just it makes you feel like you're home. You know. Yeah, um, Nick Reginas has. Uh, what do you call it with teachers when they have? Um, not seniority, but they have tenure. tenure. Nick Reginas has tenure <laughs> on this show. At this. Well, actually, he has tenure. I think on IMDb. Because oh. I actually signed into the IMDb Pro uh, mm-hmm. account for some reason to I don't know to see if it got me anything. His does, contact does, details. Really, no, but you. So 
I don't know if their names are always links, but I clicked on the link for the other the other reviewer or the other writer who's who goes by Wiki. Wiki has uh, reviewed 300 titles. All right. That's good. How many do you think Nick Reginus has? Oh, I don't know. Has 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 us summarized. I mean, I want to say my hope is it's 800. You're going to want to go ahead and times that by 10. No <laughs> fucking way. 7,943 titles. 7,943 <laughs> titles. What is missing, do you think? In his life? I have yeah. no idea. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think he hasn't reviewed besides well, a first date? <laughs> I'm going to start tagging Nick Riganos. Riganos? Reginus. It's Reginus in our hearts. And elsewhere. Um, anyway. All right. So uh, I just hope that I never meet this man because now I'm really scared. Um, okay. So <laughs> this will tell you something about a movie. Not sure if it's this one. Um, all right. Having noticed alarming signs of physical and mental abuse on his fragile body, concerned Sispis Falls school teacher Julia suspects her young pupil Lucas knows a lot more than he lets on. Eh. <laughs> I'm not done. <laughs> I just had to get through that sentence. Okay. Determined to get to the bottom of this mystery, the resilient tutor. <laughs> That's Boo's nickname for himself. <laughs> <laughs> Enlists the help of her sheriff brother, Paul only to come face to face with an unspeakable evil and a malevolent monstrosity no man has ever seen before. Alliteration. Uh, and here comes the real kicker, Josh. Okay. Why is troubled Lucas's basement off limits? Oh, he Nick, loves... No, Nick! It is... They're in the attic. Did you watch this movie? You are clearly <laughs> just trying to get through summaries here. <sighs> This is absolute trash. Do you think he didn't watch it? Maybe he just, oh my God, maybe he just rewrites other people's. I think that is likely that oh he kind of flips things. But he no, I can't say that. He must have watched half of it. He loves the cliffhangers, but I'm starting to wonder if that's part of it is if to like jam through these. Oh, yeah. He waits until there's a moment of mystery mm. and he's not really paying attention. Guess not. Because also, Carrie Russell does not notice signs of abuse. That's not why she brings it up. It's because of the story he tells in class. Yeah, he. she's just concerned. Yeah, rightly you know. so. Yeah. Yeah. She's concerned. All right, so, Antlers. Antlers. Set in Central Oregon. Like I said, dope sick with a Wendigo. First scene... You, this this monster kills, uh, kills this guy and 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 uh, possesses his his buddy who has a kid waiting out in the car. Mm. So the dad, what's the dad's name? Uh, Frank. Frank. Yep. So the dad gets possessed by this um this monster and 
they're in they were in the mine making meth and the whole town has a big problem with meth mm-hmm. and uh and layoffs since the mine is closed that's right and poverty it's bad right. and we hear some news story about how they might reopen yeah like the mine for some of that uh what do they call it mountaintop mining or whatever yeah. that's like surface mining very bad for the environment yeah thing. but yeah so which yeah it all i really love the setting of this this tale if you're gonna if if you're gonna weave together the folklore we'll get to that later um but the setting is great it's this sad little town that's fallen on hard times there's a drug problem there is um you know this corporate greed situation happening with the mining that's coming back you know it's like this hunger this like mm-hmm. there's a and lot of destroying hunger. the land which i wouldn't be surprised if it, that's sort of a part mm, of that um they, the malevolent spirit aspect of the wendigo mm, that they have that it's angry little, now yes yes they dug too deep and too greedily yes. okay all right <laughs> so i love the setting I thought it was very effective. Um, mm-hmm. You focus in on this family and it seems as though you learn later that the, the this thing that has infected him has also infected the kid. And, um, oh, the kid that was waiting out there, Aiden, who's yes. seven and super cute and Cutie so patootie. little. And um, it's Aiden's older brother, Lucas, who is the the kid in this movie that is like taking care of his monster family? Yeah, I love that setup. I have to say because it was really sad. You get to know the human kid like just enough, and then later on, when the principal is talking to Carrie Russell about like, <laughs> yeah. you know, when she suspects that something is going on, and the principal has to say like a lot of kids get homeschooled they get kept home because like of the community that they're in but one of the reasons she gives besides just like it could be your choice to homeschool or whatever else is that because they don't want the kid Mm. to come to school smelling like chemicals to make meth yeah that which is like so scary i mean it just like even kind of setting up like why is this seven-year-old with his dad but not the brother is that the brother was in school the little kid maybe not anyway or Mm. was it just bad timing yeah and mother is past yeah it was um all those questions that you have at first like okay well how is the kid not in school Mm -hmm, like that mm -hmm. was a great answer to it and you know um and further makes it just further also just adds to the um, I think they did a good job kind of throughout the story of like reminding you of why this is emotional, you know, or why or like connecting it away from the monster and sort of back to the family in a way. Like there were mm-hmm. different points or just like these little, little story elements peppered in there. Yeah. For a story that is really, really grim and um, I think got criticized for being really like too, too dark um hmm. as far as like all the kid stuff goes yeah it's a lot of the things that we talk about on this podcast um i thought 
it succeeded with how much love there was in the story. Like, even though it was a so there were so many themes of abuse and trauma and addiction, it was the love that he has for his father and his brother and the love that, um, you know, this teacher feels for her student and the love between the teacher and her brother after they've had just broken the cycle of abuse, you know, like there's the love that Frank had for his own kids. Like he says, I'm sick. You lock me in here. You don't let me come out. But even then when he's in his monster form and he's like, Aiden is sick. Mm -hmm. He needs to go in here with you. Mm -hmm. And even then like monster dad still like Mm. takes him in there. Yeah. And it's just like, this is a person who his wife's died. He's trying to, even if, even if his meth cooking motivations we don't know them they were at least in part to take care of his kids he yeah had, like he was trying to provide for them and be yeah. a dad to them even if it was misguided or not ideal right but it was like oh yeah even though he we know is an addict the state did determine that he was the best guardian mm-hmm. for them right all that kind of thing it's and you just, see in the first scene he's a he's kind to the kid he's trying to take care of him He's not good at it. Well, yeah, but I think that it vilifies the right thing. Like not not the people in this story, but the circumstance and the drugs, you know, like, and then you have plenty of vilifying of like uh, Julia's dad um, abusing her, you know, like there's, there's, it's not without those things, but I think as far as like the whole drug the drug and addiction theme of this um that they that they do a good job of like they they could have made any person in this movie the the evil you know mm-hmm. and they didn't and i thought that was really cool that's very true yeah, yeah. cuz i don't want to see kids get abused no. i don't want to see i don't want to see that like you already know that stuff is is real and that's the real right. villain is like this terrible monster that's in your community yeah meth but yeah this i kept thinking uh this movie really is the question where are the parents oh wow where are your parents (laughs) um well it, it is really funny i think oftentimes we look at movies on a list that are like specifically about i think that 80s time of absentee parents the stephen king thing it's the mm-hmm. it thing of just like the kids are alone mm-hmm. to handle this you know villainy and it doesn't really give you much to even consider about the parenting in a movie and it is interesting in this one that it is like it feels much more, it's much more natural and less, um, I don't know, it, it is almost less bleak in a way because it feels very real. It's not just like this, um, it's not a. It's not like a glib take of like, and all these latchkey kids are left to fend mm. for themselves, but it is just like, kids gotta like, they're forced in these situations where they have to learn on their own is a different, way to frame the exact same result yeah it did feel like a a new and different way of Mm -hmm. of portraying that as much as i hate the expository moment it's probably my least favorite thing in any kind of media 
is that she finds books on animal trapping and magic spirits mm-hmm. <laughs> in his desk that they presumably change classes for because she sees him in another class later on in the movie. Uh, and also his notebook. They're all just like in there. That's a little weird, but I, I'm uh, otherwise though I'm I'm here for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know I don't like that part of the movie. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But there uh-huh. was also there was a bigger moment there where they go to the the former sheriff who is an indigenous person, mm-hmm. and he kind of examines like the medicine bag. thing that is hanging everywhere this like spiritual you know shaman tool of keeping the spirit away or something Mm -hmm. and you know what did you think about the cultural appropriation what did i think about the cultural i'm so glad someone finally asked me um i i don't know no i i didn't think it was um, ideal. I don't think it was. I think what I think is always missing in these movies, and a little strange to have this come out just a year ago. Is that right? Mm. Um, to not have the Carrie Russell or Jesse Plemons characters be native actors as well, to then just have a conversation, even if it is with sort of an elder about it or something, or to just, or to even say, like, to kind of say like, we know this. Yeah, I know the story, but I don't believe it. You know, something like that to even have like, yeah, maybe there's a generational rift here. And then maybe even to have that older person be like, I didn't believe it either until I found this, you know, maimed corpse in the woods and all this other stuff that's going yeah, that on. I don't cool. know what else to say. Like, it is just, it's sad to me that it still is. The other. It's still otherizing and it still is magical mm-hmm. in a way. Um that is that is only to serve mm-hmm. a white story. Yeah, that he doesn't then become the hero. He doesn't um, use that intimate knowledge to be able to help them. It just is like, well, no, this is what it is. No, he does tell them know. how to kill it. You have to take out the heart. Yeah, but there's, but, but I mean, it's like that to me is. But then it goes into a page another in a person. Book. So right, it's this. Well, okay, so making it more than a page in the book is good to have it be this person telling you and and not making it hokey like i mm-hmm. i still bristled at the whole thing mm-hmm. and i wished that cuz my my conflict there is like okay i like folklore horror yeah. i like these things but um how can you do it without cultural appropriation like how do you do it without Mm -hmm. making it and i think that they did i'm trying to think of like how i would improve upon it i think your idea is good of like making more making there be more indigenous people i mean i do i did think during the movie like wow this is really accurate there's um like no white uh there's like no people of color in this community which is very accurate for central oregon like we know Mm -hmm. people who live there and it's very white it's um very like a certain you know political landscape there um but to then have the former sheriff and you know you know he was like the former sheriff so he is like a person in power so like that was cool but yeah more i don't know with being truthful to to the actual reality 
I don't know. I was conflicted about it. I usually hate it in stories. I think they did a pretty good job of this. It is a very well-known piece of folklore, and it's there's many stories about these kind of um, monsters. So it's not like he had to like dig up an ancient text, you know, like, right. It's like, yeah, it's here in this book and the kid found it in another book and, and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Uh, he presumably knew what, you know, Lucas seemed to know what it was mm-hmm. or we think, I don't know. It is weird. I mean, you also could have had this instead of taking place in a mining town, it could have also been split between a nearby school or community and like, a reservation somewhere, mm-hmm. right? If you had like kids on a res and also, especially then if it's like, well, yeah, your problems are our problems. You, we can't live on an Island in this place. If like, yeah, if they're going to close the mine, there's people here that work there. If there's no, yeah. you know, whatever that like, we're not isolated just because you've like tried to kind of ship us off. It, it like, mm-hmm. there's certainly reservations in that part of the country. I, it is, it is strange. It was just like, no, there's one. It didn't turn out that, his partner, Jesse Plemons partner, who was of unknown ethnic origins was there wasn't one other character that was named yeah. as, as indigenous when I thought, it, I mean, but I actually, I like the, sh- the sheriff though. I liked, he seems, he just seemed very real in almost like a mumblecore kind of way. He just seemed like a very, like just an, a real person who could have been like an ex sheriff who's like still like tight with the community and just, yeah, you know, is just kind of like doing his things and knows like, okay, I found this body. I'm going to go report it to the guys in charge. It's not my job anymore. And I don't yeah. know. It just seemed really like straightforward. And well, you know, the, the, the Wendigo is not dead yet. That's true. Um, so it does leave it open for a sequel and maybe that will be part of it. It's like, no, you can't, you, you know, you white people still have this problem can't solve it alone kind of thing Mm -hmm. i didn't hate it but i but i feel like we can do better but i would like to i yeah i would like to delve deeper into like how you do folklore horror or any kind of folklore tales because like you don't have a problem with it when it's um midsomar or the witch Mm -hmm. or Plenty of um, Swedes in those movies, you know. Like I think that's wait, it. that's what I'm saying. Yeah, and like it's 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 like okay, well, you're borrowing from these things. Actually, I did I did kind of have a problem with Midsummer, but <laughs> yeah, unrelated. <laughs> I did. Well, no, about that specifically about like hijacking that mm-hmm. that um, tradition uh, celebration. Yeah, but it's not the same. Yeah, so I I am. It's a, something that I'm that I'm thinking about, and I would love to hear every, people's thoughts on that. Yeah, I think even last week we talked about Prey, the new Predator movie, which was made by white people starring indigenous actors, to, but to tell because to tell a story in a time and place, and choosing indigenous characters as the heroes, but making them three dimensional. Like to me, that is that is a good way to do it. It shouldn't be at the expense of native filmmakers getting to also tell those stories. And I think, cause I think that's where sometimes that stuff gets twisted. Well, it's like, well, why did white people get to make the movie in the first place? It's like, well, there should be a, it's, this is, I mean, a very fraught subject, but I feel like we, there needs to be enough as much space as possible made for, for like, for those stories to be told and told 
well and effectively. And so I would hope that something like this, if they made a sequel, would seek to improve upon this by not just including, I mean, because I think we we can see this as an improvement over Firestarter. Right. But it yeah, is so not. I kept thinking about him like, well, at least he's being played by an indigenous yeah. person. And, uh, but that at the same time, that was a long time ago. And hopefully there's a, yeah, I mean, the, yeah, hopefully there is, there's thought to like, okay, who's writing it? Who's playing these parts? Do we even care if it's Jesse Plemons in this role anymore or whatever? So I just think that that's, but um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know that there's going to be much clearer stuff. If anybody's ever read anything good on this or has a, an opinion about it, you can also hit us up and share it at mummyxsteady at gmail.com or on our socials. We'd love to hear from you. All of this got me thinking about a question of the week. <gasps> How can you ask me a question like that? How can you ask me? I'm your brother and you ask me that? I get that button stuck in my head sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> me too. That's how it got here in the first place, I'm afraid. Uh, oh, question of the week. Question of the week um, in relation to our Windigo. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your favorite folklore horror film or story? Because there are certainly many stories that have not yet graced the silver screen. Whoa. That's a cool thought. Like what? Yeah. If you have something that you're like, this should be a horror movie. I don't know why it's not. Or if it is, I've never seen it. Yeah. I'd like, love to know that. Yeah. Like, um, you know, the stories, I mean, there's so many, so many stories of folklore that have not been adapted or adapted well. Um, like, isn't the, isn't the, uh, gr- the woman with the ribbon, mm-hmm. you know, isn't, hasn't that been, they've tried and failed with that. I'm pretty sure that, I think that's made it into... Uh, it was either in like League of Extraordinary Gentlemen or uh, in like a Guillermo del Toro produced vehicle mm-hmm. like this. Actually, I, I I know for sure that's the thing that's been on screen. Yeah, it's too too gothic horror classic. Yeah, I feel not like to be. I feel but like not those famously things, in a way. Yeah, you know, like it doesn't. Nothing's popping to mind. Like, oh, it was that. Of mm-hmm. course. Yeah, exactly. Like they're kind of small things i'm sure you know what american horror story probably has like loads of this stuff that's true don't watch that show but it could have been a thing in like the 30s too like the, some yeah. of these things that are so old that maybe you haven't even really been back when ribbons yet. were scary <laughs> yes. but scares. yeah for movies um i feel like obviously the the witch or the vavitch as people sometimes say um <laughs> that's obviously one of our favorites we loved that movie but we also loved in its own, in their own special ways, like Krampus or Gretel and Hansel and uh, Troll Hunter. Oh yeah, that was a fun one. Yeah, yeah. Or even even Blair Witch Project would fall under this, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think it, those things that are trying to tie it to real life stuff or urban legends. I mean, in theory, like Paranormal Activity three or something. I there's some of those mm. things to get a little looser. I like the idea of yeah like you know a chupacabra or something like that like what's the i i'm kind of surprised there hasn't been like a bigger budget attempt not necessarily along the lines of 
troll hunters, but it's also a big monster. But to do like a a Bigfoot movie mm. that's like scary or thrilling, even as yeah. like it's it's like Harry and the Hendersons is <laughs> it? That's the full and and then yeah. you get into King Kong territory or something, and it's it's not that an interesting one that I had never I didn't know about is because we were like what the hell is this in uh when we were looking through movies to do but is la llorona that is right the curse of la llorona yeah that there's like a ton of movies about it because it is and no doubt why it kept coming up mm. as we search movies because we watch a lot of these um is that it is like a latin american you know legend mm-hmm. vengeful ghost vengeful ghost yeah love to see him there's like statues of it in Mexico looking on the Wikipedia now. There's all different regional versions in like other Central American countries and stuff like that. So, yeah, there's films as far back as the 30s. Um, and so, again, including a bunch of poorly received recent ones. So if anybody mm. has seen any of those and, and recommends one, I'm here for that, too. But question of the week is definitely what's your favorite folklore horror story or movie thank it you is hard for me to say folklore horror together um oh yeah the mid-atlantic yeah. accent not helping that one bit <laughs> okay um i feel like you just really set me up to talk about one thing that we're, we're <laughs> dealing with in our house oh, right now <laughs> yes oh my gosh totally unintentional go off okay um this is just something that is happening in our house and i feel like it it's like the least to do with the movie Mm -hmm. um if i can strain a connection guillermo del toro produced antlers he also directed the 90s film mimic (laughs) (laughs) i was gonna if i was going to strain a connection i would say something is invading your house yes and it will not go away and it's only getting worse um even though the family bond is still strong the family bond is strong the brotherly bond is strong interestingly boo has not commented on this but we'll no. we'll get back to but that. it is destroying the father most of all <laughs> and most acutely there you go okay wow we did it we got there this is what we're talking about audience and that is woo has developed an accent yes He's developed an accent, and this isn't the first time he's done something like this, um, but this is definitely the most extreme thing so far. So basically, Wu likes to copy people. He likes to try on other people's affectations. Yes. And um, we've noticed it before with... Oh, especially with... Older, I think with slightly older kids or kids he looks up to. Yeah, with his cousin who. Absolutely cousin who. He does a really great impression of him. Yep. But it's not, he doesn't, as he claims, he doesn't know he's doing this. He, I think, maybe it is subconscious. I don't know if that's just him defending himself because we, this, this latest one is more of a, honestly, it sounds like, Josh doing a bad impression of a Delaware accent, which right. has a I lot. Decra- I've described him as a surfer from Pittsburgh. Surfer from, <laughs> um, you know, 
I think we've talked about this on the podcast before, but my illustration of the accent is the sentence, you go down to the water and dip your toe in the ocean. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of O's going like that with, with woo. And other things that I can't even... I can't even copy it. It's so bizarre, the what, whatever he's doing. And we have a theory yes. that one of his friends at school is, didn't he's you say? He's been hanging a lot out. First of all, I brought up the kids, he like older kids, kids he looks up to, um, that because he's been hanging out with a bunch of second graders who at school at recess, and he loves these kids. Like they're hanging out every day. He wants nothing but to spend time with them. And it's a good group of kids by all accounts. And then, and there, however, there's one child who has a parent from, I think, New Zealand or mm. Samoa or, or something in that, uh, in that region and has the, the father has a very, I mean, thick accent. He's from there, but we think that my theory is that he's, the, he might have like a sort of residual accent just right. from that in the home and how you learn words that it's kind of an unplaceable accent in right. a way. And so that's so then, this is Wu then trying to interpret that. Right. So then a, a, an impression of that. Right. Which I can only imagine is very good because he he is definitely he gets that from you. He gets that. Like, yeah, I do. It. He can make sounds. He if he. If he finds a sound that he wants to recreate, he'll figure out a way to do it. He likes to he likes to copy people. He likes to try on stuff in a way that like Boo just doesn't do. And we so when Wu started doing this accent, we were like, hey, what's up with that? Like, who sounds like that at school? And mm-hmm. he got very, very defensive. I don't know what I'm do I don't know that I'm doing that. I can't stop. I don't know when I'm doing that. Yes, and, and he I would, would cry. He cries, and, but he was do. Yeah, he got really upset, and I have to cop to our listeners that I started to. I feel like tease him a bit about it because I would, I'd copy him doing it because it was driving me fucking insane. It was. Like nothing either of our children have ever done. It was getting under my skin. And maybe this is one of those cases of like um, where you, uh, what's the whole thing? Like you parent the stuff that you weren't allowed to do or so. I don't know that like, because those are your triggers. Like, yeah, yeah. I would do. Because you would do this? Well, would I? I mean, wouldn't I? I do Probably. it now. I think I do. I still you do. do. It. When it, you, after you've been hanging out with certain friends, you, you have residual affectations from them yes and sometimes i hear it and i i know it and it is just because and that's it it's it's, it comes from a place of just of connection of like a fondness for them or you get into your certain rhythms Mm -hmm. with those people and like how you how you speak um i mean they can it's such a dangerous thing though if people catch it and think you're being condescending or rude or whatever else that's never happened to me but i i worry with him it sounds so wild like other parents have mentioned it like when i've when i've said like hey this is the thing that's bothering me and someone's like i was gonna ask you about that like multiple people because i talk about it a lot because i'm it is like i find it very grating wow so other parents at our child's school 
have in our no, friend have group, noticed. even just oh, a very brief, group, our, right, just right. very brief interactions mm-hmm. okay. with him because he does it so often and and so it's so he's really, thorough oh, good that yeah. it's like this. He's he's doing uh, well. Let's see, he plays Minecraft now. He doesn't mm-hmm. play Minecraft anymore. He plays Minecraft. Minecraft? Yeah, it's and really weird. It's super. He's a freak. No, yeah. He's not weird. No, but I had to apologize to him for teasing. I took it upon myself because he was. He started to cry one time when I just repeated something that he said. It's in, hard not in to. The voice because it is. It's bizarre. It's not an. It's not a natural accent that anybody's doing. It is a. It is. Um, it's tough. <laughs> yeah. But it sounds like, like a, a caricature. Photo. Caricature is yeah, the word I was looking yeah, for. Yeah. And so I did just say, you know, I said I I just said I I told him that I like the way his voice sounds and I said it's fun to try on different voices and mm-hmm. and talk like the people we we know and and uh, but I like your voice and it's hard for me to hear this other voice all the time and mm-hmm. not think of of that. I was trying not to also guilt him and say like, I miss it or any, I miss you. Or, yeah, yeah, I was yeah, trying not to do good, that. Good. It was just like, I get it. I understand. Yeah. You're but, making me feel bad. Yes. That's what I, You're I said. You're making daddy sad now. I said it in that voice too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You're so. making daddy sad now. I did his voice and that <laughs> and talk like a little baby. So that really <laughs> threw him for a loop. But anyway, okay. it's it's tough. So it's wait, but just, something else happened. Yeah. On the way home from school the other day. Oh, no. Oh, no. He was doing his little voice and he was doing like he was telling me about, you know, Candy Kingdom, this game they play. Mm-hmm. And he was going like, candy, 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 candy kingdom. Yes. They'll stutter. And I. I ba- I didn't ba- I didn't steer the car off the road, but we got out of the. Co- we had just come to our destination. I ca- we came out of the car, and I basically like got down to eye level, and I was like, "Woo!" I know that a friend at school sometimes stutters, like repeats words like that, and I need you to know that that is not something that you can do, like you do these other voices, because I don't want you to make him feel bad or make it seem like you're making fun of him okay you can't copy that it's something that he's working on mm-hmm. with a with a a doctor oh so you yeah, ha- yeah. you cannot do that and he seemed to get it i got serious with mm-hmm. him like i tried not to like freak him out but i was like dude no like right it's and i and i kind of feel the same way about this accent like it's i, I know he <laughs> I don't know. I know he probably just adores this kid. Yeah. But it's a little, yeah, it's a little troubling and it isn't stopping. And I really try not to say anything because I feel like we're just, mm-hmm. we're just making it worse by saying it anything yes. at all. Like I have tried have... to ignore it. What I have yeah. tried to do is I'll sometimes repeat or ask him to repeat himself because I literally can't understand what he's trying to say or so that he says it more clearly and I will repeat it accent free. Yeah. I'll say, oh, you, you're playing Minecraft today. You know, just I, not in like a digging way, but just like a, I'll repeat it out mm-hmm. loud. And usually it does correct a little bit. And yeah. You know, like he'll, he'll kind of lay off of it. But boy, it's a fu- it's such a funny thing. And he was, well, um, like a, another white friend of his who goes to a different school, goes to a, a school that's primarily Latino. <laughs> and he's and his parents were one time telling me that he's been doing like he has like a little Latino 
accent that like certain words and stuff that he'll say that they right. had to just be like I mean, you're going to figure it out kind of one way or the other. But I mean, that's the risk is that like, Mm -hmm. if it could seem like you're being uh, like you're picking on them Mm -hmm. or you're being, I mean, in that case, it could be perceived as racist if you weren't a six year old, you know, it's like last year with the bruh. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of bruh. Yeah. Yeah. Because (laughs) yeah, that is a thing that a lot of the Armenian kids say their parents say it. And so it's a lot of. A lot of bro. He would uh, say bro a lot. Right. And it was just like a funny, it, it's, I mean, it's weird. It's wild. It's anyway, it's just a, it, it's, it's it, something that we're dealing with. If anybody else has had to deal with mimicry in the household and how you handle it, we're all ears. Hit us up. We were trying to get the, the heart out of that accent and uh, destroy it, That's if right. you will. Before it, sling, it slinks its way into someone else's body. Why? <laughs> Oh God! I don't know. It's got me now. <laughs> okay, so I feel like that was as far astray as we were going to go with the parenting stuff in relation to this movie. But I still wanted to talk about it. <laughs> like that's that is a great shoehorn move by us. I have to say, an all timer. Well, I love you, it. You set it up. You got to knock it down. You know. And I think we did. We did. So I want to play a clip from a really great scene in this movie where Lucas is bringing his poor little brother and his monster father um, some entrails and it seems like Aiden was still eating food he was eating like some leftover takeout oh yeah yeah. was that human food I wasn't sure if that was reused styrofoam to keep his separate it had to be real food yeah I think it was real food because then he eats cereal anyway oh right yeah so Lucas is tending to his family the way no child should and um this is a, an interaction in the in the attic the attic nicrogynous thank you is god really dead what daddy said god is dead just remember what mama told us me and you, we was born under the lucky star. Ah, uh, this was just so heartbreaking. The whole movie was v- very heartbreaking to me. I I even had, towards the end, I had um, what we call in our house an orphanage moment where... You have to explain that one. <laughs> <laughs> she can when, laugh about it now. I you can laugh about it. I can it laugh about it. I do laugh. The whole point is that I laugh about it in the moment. Okay, so when I was pregnant with Wu, we were out to dinner at a vegan restaurant oh gosh, that right. has since closed. Elf, right? It was like a beloved vegan restaurant. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I don't I think guess it that exists is gone. anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were waiting for our food, and I was drinking some non alcoholic bullshit. So just so you know, I was completely sober. Yes, And we were just talking about, I don't know how the subject of or- orphanages came up, but I... I don't know if it did. <laughs> I dwelled on it a little too long. No, we were talking about how like babies um, can, you know, they can have lasting effects if they're not held long enough. Oh, sure. We we might have just come from oh, baby class. class. Yeah. yeah. And um, I just thought too long about orphanages and how babies are not getting held and i just was weeping at the table and then laughing 
because I realize how crazy it is. But um, and other diners did too. No. <laughs> <laughs> I had them by the collar. That's right. <laughs> Orphanages, though. You cry with me <laughs> or laugh with me. And you did the whole thing. Uh, um, there were a couple moments like that in pregnancy. The, mm, I'm not the, sure like, why. Yeah, weird. Mm. Um, but I'm not pregnant right now. Um, so this has really no excuse, but it was just so fucking bleak. And, um, you know, I'm just thinking about families like this who have addiction and, uh, these kids who are tasked with so much. And I was just crying. I mean, mm-hmm. I really had a moment where I just wanted to throw up tears. It is a funny thing that happens, sure, but this movie is very, it, it was, it was very, it is very bleak and and sad, but it's well done. I, and yeah. I, yeah. And anyway, I don't want that to turn anybody off. That's why I'm saying that. I, I think people yeah. should watch it, you know, with trigger warnings for abuse and there are kids in it, um, but they're, um, the undue workload that these kids take on that Lucas takes on in this film and how that is very real it stops me in my tracks when I think about it because when I am reminded about how oh I just yesterday you said to me something like oh you know you've been doing all this stuff for the last you know 10 days while I've been working you know bedtime and Mm-hmm. putting the kids you know cooking the kids dinner and doing dishes and all that stuff while you have long days on set and whatever and it's like yeah it is such a grind and then you're like there are children not even talking about the single parents doing it there are children doing this mm-hmm. for their families who are like go you know the ones getting groceries who are the yeah. ones preparing whatever meals they can or trying to feed themselves if it's possible. It's, it is a really, I mean, when you think about the actual realities of it, mm-hmm. it's, I mean, there's not much grimmer out there. Um, they do a good job in this movie of making it from the kid's perspective. Mm-hmm. And then when Lucas eventually is in the hospital, the doctor's like, he's been abused. Yeah. They keep that, off the screen because they're trying to show you how much Lucas loves his dad. Right. And, and I think that that ties in really well with her, you know, history of abuse. And I just thought it was really well done. I could see how, um, somebody could really hate this movie. Yes. And I, you know, it's a very, it's, I feel like it's a time and a place thing. Like I let myself get swept away into this world. And I think that I could have easily on a different day been like this, like I've been more critical of it. Yeah. Or this is just manipulative. Right. This is, he, yeah. Yeah. To clarify something, his abuse is from the fact that his father is a monster, not because his father was like whipping him. As far as well, we that's know, the metaphor. That's what I mean. It's yeah. the, but it's metaphorical. It's still happening. He's a real human boy in the movie. Mm-hmm. But it is. I, I think that is important to clarify. If someone's not watching this, it's not like oh, or at least as far as we know, it wasn't something on top of it. Yeah, they was... keep it off. They keep it off screen. But I think mm-hmm. the idea there is that your child still loves you no matter how 
badly yeah. you treat them. It's so, it's You're so. You're creating their reality. Yeah. That's oh. it all the time. I mean, that's so brutal. And it's, and then that is, it's, um, I mean, what, like frogs boiling in water or whatever that yeah. you just don't, you don't know what you don't know until you're outside of it. Right. And I, and that's, it's just so brutal. And that's so, where, I mean, it's where cycles of abuse come from too, because people, mm-hmm. you know, you wires get crossed. That's what happens. You know, synapses misfire and you start to mistake that for love. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, or th- that can happen. It's not the case for everybody, of course, but it is. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it is a dark and insidious, insidious cycle. Um, so with this quote, mm-hmm. um, it made me think of a couple things. First of all, the first part of it with Aiden saying like, God is dead. Dad said, daddy said, God, God is dead. And just how, at least in our house, and I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's everywhere, but they really do just pick up on mm-hmm. everything that you say, especially with, you know, we've talked about Boo being really death obsessed right now to the point where, so we've been reading Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. It's been very fun. Lots of Charlie Bucket vibes with Lucas, by the way. I think that's another reason yeah. why it made me cry because I We used also, to call Woo Charlie Bucket. We did. Oh, But he, um, you know, he's just really skinny. And in the book, they, they really dig down into the fact that this family's starving. Like one of the chapters is the family begins to starve. Um, and it did make me cry. I love starving. Um, that's in, I remember that distinctly. It's the only thing I remember from Fantastic Mr. Fox, the book, mm. is the family of foxes is starving. And he, and Mr. Fox tells the kids to drink water. Once they find food, to drink water first or they'll just throw up the food. Oh my gosh. Roll doll. Yeah. But we love them. Um, so, but he does have food issues. It's always, there's a lot of fat shaming. We've talked mm-hmm. about this already. Anyway, so. We're reading it, and we've all, I've also been kind of like singing the songs a little bit. We haven't watched the movie, but um, <laughs> Boo likes to riff on songs as a as a any brig will do. Um, mm-hmm. And he goes, "What do you get when you think about death?" <laughs> no. Yes. What? Yeah. What do you get when you think about death? <laughs> Unexpected segment. <laughs> yes, it was creepy, but then he followed it up with like poop and farts and of course, you know, everything. Gotta deflect. Humor is a defense mechanism, my son. Yes, and what is poop but the death of food? Oh. So um so but then I, I so it made me just think about how real that is that Aiden would say that and of course, you're dealing with a monster who would say something like that. But like, they just pick up on all these things and latch onto them, and it, then it becomes this thing in their minds. Um, which is why I'm so cautious about like lyrics and stuff. You know, I'm always like, oh god, they just heard this crazy lyric of something yes. that we're listening to. You know, um, but then. Right after Lucas says, well, remember what mom said. And it made me think of this very special moment that happened the other day that you were like, you need to go write that down, which I haven't. Um, but I'm going to talk about it here. 
Great, because I've forgotten whatever this is well, already. So Wu has, from time to time, it's less and less often, but he will really be uh, resistant to wiping his butt after he has pooped. And he's doing a really good job at mm-hmm. um, at just doing it now. I mean, it's been we, much improved. Absolutely. We, and this has been since the well before the beginning of kindergarten. He's been learning to do this on his own. And, you yeah. know, we but still from time to time, he'll just he fights it. It's his he, regression. It's his resistance. It thing. is. He doesn't. It's it's not. Um, it's because we forced him to go poop on the potty that one time. It's, it's, well, it's all it is. It's all our fault. Um, oh, good. <laughs> I didn't realize that. Do you remember? It was like he looked like he was like giving birth. Mm hmm. It was oh, yeah. like the same, like he was so terrified, but then he did it. Anyway, so just recently, within the last month, um, this was happening. So I just approach it with humor and, and I do this like cheering on thing. And I really just try to get him out of this funk so that he will do it. And I never do it for him. Like we we have not given in on any of these occasions. And it's really tough sometimes. And... um. He was really, really having a hard time and screaming at us and crying. I mean, it had been at least 15 minutes and he's finally doing it and just and Boo was over with you. And he goes, Mom always believes in us. Mm. Mm. (laughs) Do you remember that? My dude, I do. Mommy always believes in us. And I just was like could have fallen over like it was just one of those like they remember this Mm -hmm. stuff they 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 they're thinking about it you know yeah and of course very present in that statement is that daddy does not you know daddy just teases us for the way Mm -hmm. we talk that's right it tells us we're gonna get pins and needles if we don't wipe our butts fast enough yeah there's a lot yeah it's tough to not threaten your children i think about it all the time i'm really always working to not to not get them to do things by threatening them in any way. And yep. I, it's very hard to do with the way we were all raised. I feel like that was it, on a spectrum, either very present or at least a little bit present of threats and bribes. And we try to eliminate all that, but it's still, it's really tough. And you have, yeah, like, I don't, I say something every day that I regret, you know, like, Oh, yeah. He drops his cheese stick and I'm like, you're making us late. And I'm like, what the fuck am I saying? Like, I this I don't even I don't want to say it. I don't yeah. believe it. I'm trying not to shame him. He just dropped something. It's OK. I, and that's my that the whole like late thing. And yeah, hurry that's your up. kink. That's the, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's what gets me going. Um. Anyway. And what did you think about that quote? Which, I love it. I mean, what it really made me think about something that. I often think about um, is the older child has inherently a longer memory than the younger child, Mm. though kids will surprise you. And I was always actually the memory bank in my family growing up, but just Mm. those things like um, we don't know quite the timeline of when Lucas and Aiden's mother died. I don't think, Um, but he was only seven, so it's very possible that the twelve. This was this thing that the mom said was well before 
Aiden could realistically remembered it. And then he becomes the person who says it. Yeah. Like he's carrying that memory forward, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's something, I mean, it's, that's like something very present for me with Matt passing and, you know, thinking about those things have very limited memories with him. But when I think about just the things that they remember about anyone that we love and that when I think about like, Oh, it's really special that Wu can sometimes recall events, trips, whatever else before, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, a camping trip that we took two years ago that mm-hmm. he'll, he can remember. He's six now, but mm-hmm. like that there's no way that try as he might, Boo could remember that. He was just too developmentally small yeah, at that time, but can still like share those memories of those things. Yeah. And, and you know, unfortunately in this situation, um, they say that your memory, you know, the aperture gets super wide during times of, you know, stress and, and grief. And, uh-huh. and so uh, like, fortunately or unfortunate, whatever, however you want to look at it, we tend to look at it in a positive light. Yeah. Um, but like, I wish this hadn't happened for sure. So yeah. that's the unfortunate side of why I'm saying that. But the, f- the fortunate side is that like going to Hawaii or like, you know, going to Seattle, they'll, they'll remember that stuff because we were in crisis and, you know, we were all there for a a reason that wasn't just, just pure joy, you know, Mm -hmm. and it was something that was heavy. So they will remember more stuff because of that. It's true. And then adding the pandemic nature of it, where it was like a big event to go do for everybody to go be together like that when we did, it's really, yeah. I mean, and so that, that's what I was thinking about watching that scene more than, um, yeah. I mean, more than anything else was just like, Oh, that's come. Of course that's coming from the older kid, you know, that it is just like, yeah, that's, that's your thing to share now. Yeah. So interesting. It's a good pull. There's one more little thing. uh, Oh, sure. Yeah. That I'd love to talk about in this movie. Please. Um, that is when Jules, the teacher, Carrie Russell, gotta love Carrie Russell. Thank you for calling her by her character's name for the first time in this movie. I mean, Carrie Russell to me. <laughs> um, <laughs> Carrie Russell and Jesse Plemons, I mean. Are there any two? You can't really. You can't get more yourself than either of them in some weird way. Uh, I love them both. They were they were so good in this movie. Um, oh, shout and- out to also being a brother-sister thing and not a romantic entanglement. Yeah. yeah. I liked that. Um another sibling, two sibling dynamic to go on. Um well when Jules realizes that Lucas is um totally fucked up. No, um when <laughs> she's so she tells him. She she follows him from school and treats him for some ice cream. Mm-hmm. And it seems like she's like she's doing that weird adult thing of like trying to get a kid trying to get a kid to open up and she's like ice cream's my favorite vegetable. Yeah. And like what's your you know what's your favorite? I don't know. She it's a weird I found that whole exchange very bizarre. But I mean it kind of worked because she's it's not like she's this well-adjusted person. Mm-hmm. You know, like it was kind of her trying on that you know, I didn't hate the scene, 
but it did make me think about it made me think about those those times when you're talking to a youth mm-hmm. and you're just like uh, I don't know, you know, like, I don't know what to say to you. And I yes. don't want to be typical. I don't want to say how tall you are. Oh my gosh. Since the last time I've seen you, you know, like these things that we all mm-hmm. hated when we were kids. And I just feel like and it's something I've been thinking about a lot in the past six years, <laughs> but I think we have to just stop with favorites. Like, can we just stop with, with favorite. the favorites? What's your favorite? Oh, what's your favorite? What's your favorite? anything uh-huh. i don't i, I started to think about question. it it's boring it's why do we have okay give them like a top three why do i have to have a favorite color why do i have to have a favorite of anything why uh-huh. am i putting this one thing what's your favorite food what's your favorite how can you dessert? possibly what's answer what's your favorite food that's insane like that's if you want to tell me about an experience if you want to say what was your best what was the best meal you ever ate what was your favorite part about what just happened? Right. Okay. Yeah, like, what did you like? What What do you like? Why do we have to go favorites? Because mm-hmm. I find it like a weird, sh- weirdly stressful. Yeah. And like, I feel this way about um, like movies and, and actors and directors and people who are like, well, what's your favorite movie? Or like, I'm sure you get, well, what's your favorite band? You know? Yeah. You know what? People don't ask that stuff. <laughs> People don't care. Um, they don't ask me. <laughs> I ask the questions. Uh, they, there's not much that we don't. Yeah, I. But yeah, the sort of um, the kind of yeah, they're sort of like purity tests or something yeah, more I, so than they are um, about drawing connections. Right. You know what? Something I was thinking about walking our son to school today was that I still look at band t-shirts i still clock them whenever i see yep. anyone wearing any kind of band shirt yep they just mean less to me now oh my gosh i had this exact thought last night at the bar i saw oh my somebody gosh. wearing a pixie shirt and i was like the yep. fuck do you know about the pixies it's i saw a mom like- <laughs> i saw a mom wearing a sleater kinney shirt and i was like Adam still doesn't mean to me that you're cool, that I want to talk to you, you know, and that I want to like hang out. I think that's, that was it. It's like where I used to look at those things as like, that's your barometer. And for me too, it's like, I'm wearing this to show my interests. Mm -hmm. So that telegraph those things Mm -hmm. so that you can start a conversation with me. And then I'm like, I don't expect it to be a quiz. I don't expect, I remember I used to think about that. It used to be like a weird, yeah, uh, irrational fear. This is, I should have contributed when we were talking about this with, on the, with Aunt Monica and it, my irrational fear was like, if I went to a show and the band would somehow ask me like what their, like my favorite three songs of theirs are to name them or to come up on stage and sing them or something like that. Yeah. And then I somehow wouldn't be able to do it because I think I also had the flip side of like, oh, I would love to be able to like talk about all the music I love with these bands I like, you know, right, it's right. just such a weird thing that was still anyway. Um, but yeah, band t-shirts. And immediately after I saw the woman, the Slater Kinney shirt, I saw someone in a Lumineers t-shirt. And so it was just kind of settled everything right there. I was just like, it doesn't matter. Like you might've gotten that shirt for free. I don't know why you'd buy a Lumineers t-shirt like oh at the concert. It's just, but like <laughs> point is, it's just like, I, that almost bothers me less than the person, the Slater Kinney shirt where I'm just, like 
what do what does this even mean? Uh, who still, heard anyway. us? Uh, who heard us? I don't know. A lot of people. Culture. Yeah. Pop culture. But yes, I do think there used to Hot be a topic. thing too that that I've also had. I know we said we weren't going to talk about Rings of Power, and I don't have to. I'll just say I had the fleeting moment the other day where I thought to myself, I remembered someone that I used to date who said they were not interested in fantasy stuff. They said like, I'm not interested in goblin armies and stuff or something like that. Okay. And it was so dismissive that I was like, okay, well kind of fuck you. <laughs> I feel like I've grown as a person where I don't think your pop culture interests matter as a point of like connection and finding true love. But I did have a, a moment the other day while I was thinking about rings of power and thinking I could never marry someone who doesn't, like Lord of the Rings <laughs> who doesn't yeah. who doesn't respect Tolkien I think yeah, that that yeah, was yeah. a weird but even then I had this moment I'm like well, that's also ridiculous but you just happen to have lucked out and found the person who mm. does I love you I and love you. I just thought that like this was something that were you doubting our marriage when I was like kind of not into it in the first at first episode were you like oh yikes no i wasn't doubting our marriage but one thing that you were starting off on the trail of the hater which is very easy to get on it's just just like you said with watching this movie if you're in the wrong frame of mind right right that if you start off with your arms crossed and being like if one starts off that way and like being glib about the the new thing you're going to hate it, right? It's just like when somebody was complaining to you about a Harry Potter movie once upon a time and you were just like, I don't even want to fucking hear it. I don't want to hear it. If you didn't like it, don't talk to me because I loved it. And I just want to talk or like the new Star Wars movies. Like, yeah. I don't I don't want to hear the hate. I just want to hear. I just want to enjoy this. I just want to enjoy it. If you want to talk about what you loved, I'm here for that. Just keep it positive. That's it. If you yeah. don't have a nice, something nice to say, don't say anything at all. Kind of, kind of vibe. And that is... Mm-hmm. That's more where I was at because I was I was wishy washy on the first episode of Rings of Power and uh, well these but, are things that mean so much to us yes and I think that that's why I was I was prepared for it to, to be bad because of the Hobbit movies like mm-hmm. I so that I was very guarded but now I'm fully on board and I will say I really love a companion podcast and the the Ringer. They're they're uh, the house of R. The house of R. Yeah. So like that that's been really fun, and I've been wanting a show like that. So I'm willing to forgive, like, you know, the this is different from like watching a Blumhouse movie that you just really don't don't like on several levels. It's just this is so important to us. I mean, you're gonna get. Mm-hmm. You're gonna get a tattoo in in the Tolkien verse, so it's like in a sense, yes. You know, it's it's and and like we have in our lifetimes, we've shared so much of of Lord of the Rings, like you know. So I know we we like to hate on this show a lot. So I could say I could see somebody, you know, being like, "Oh, great, they're gonna talk about the turning. What a fun movie that was. I liked it." And then right. like, "Oh, you guys are gonna love it. So scary." And we're like. Pfft. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah. Sucks you loved it, yeah. idiot. <laughs> Listen to our show, please. Tell your friends. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to like, I don't want this podcast to be just censored for, you know, putting just the positive spin on everything. I, I like to share how I really feel about, especially yes. horror movies. But, you know, it's, it is, um, it's different. And, 
you don't have to telegraph all those things, you know, for mm-hmm. me to for me to like you or whatever. You know? Right. Like, yeah, you don't need to wear like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre t-shirt for us to be friends. Like if anything, I'm always, that's like a slight, like alarm bells where I'm like, I, you might be too into horror movies and I, I might not be able to keep up or something. Yeah. I don't know. That's not really true, but I, it, well, the irony of this to bring it full circle to parenting talk and these parents walking is that I, I'm struggling with boo being in TK for one year because I, I want him to have friends at school. He had such good, he got, had like such good buddies at mm-hmm. his preschool. And it's hard to tell if he's making friends at school and you really don't see the parents except at drop off. And that's just, those are moments. You, you really don't see anybody. A lot of people are doing car drop offs. Yeah. And, or dropping off at different times. People come earlier. People arrive late, tardy. Um, tisk, tisk. And then we, we keep, uh, boo in aftercare we keep boo in aftercare so it's it, you know some people might pick up a dismissal anyway there's just not a lot of places where you can uh cross over and meet and whatever else and chat and nobody really wants to and i don't know if i want to and i struggle with that um and then like manna from heaven a parent sent home a party invitation for every kid that also just had the nice note on it that's like, hey, if you can't make it, but you maybe want to set up a play date, shoot us an email. I thought that was a really good idea, but I this doesn't. I'm not saying we we are going to be we have to do that because I still struggle with like how deep in do you want to get with the families overall if you know you're going to switch schools in a few months, but at the same time, then it's like we we have to be more. Uh, we have to be more intentional. We have to be more intentional mm-hmm. about setting up playdate time with like, we're going to see right. a preschool friend for his birthday this weekend, like doing more of those more like playdates with those buddies and that kind of thing. And then seeing if there is, or, or, but like, I keep thinking like, do we just set up a all class play date hang kind of thing at the park near the school some Saturday just to like let people get to know each other or is that too much it feels like so much (sighs) and anyway (laughs) I think we just I don't know I guess this is a yeah Wu has such a good social group he does a couple different ones too yeah and and Boo will have that too I just feel like if we want to connect with certain people in the class, sure, especially if they like live nearby, but mm-hmm. like, I'm not going to go out of my way this year. Yeah. You know, because it's a lot to manage. God knows we all have a lot to manage with, uh, with between play dates and hangs and, mm-hmm. and like extracurriculars. It's just, the I don't want to, I don't, yeah, I'm always kind of like shying away from those things of like, oh, I don't want to get overbooked. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. And yeah. yeah, the weekend time is precious, even just for family stuff precious. and for our own things. Precious. <laughs> this is what you came here for, everybody. Okay. Let's rate this movie. Oh, yeah. Um, well, let's see then. How many... Um, how many... Um, how I I guess I'll just call this back from earlier. How many books about animal trapping 
and making little rabbit snares, do you give this movie out of 10 tomes? 10 tomes. Um, I would give it an eight out of 10. Eight out of 10 tomes. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed it way more than I thought I would. There's always, Mm -hmm. you always get points for that. Um, I loved the gore in it. Loved when the principal, the principal, if you know what I mean. She's, her death was so great. I thought that was really well done. Um, And the bully, like you. Great bully. Great bully. Um, Yeah, I I really enjoyed the movie. I really enjoyed the, um, the setting and the whole landscape of Mm. of trauma really sure how about you yeah love that principle from his uncle buck's girlfriend uncle buck um we figured out that uh i'll yeah i'll give it gosh i'm gonna give it seven out of ten i know i shouldn't do this i'm better about this on goodreads where i'll just give the I, i try not to think about it unless other than the pure 10 out of 10 which i try to reserve for like must reads exceptional things and it's like hey look what everything else could be eight or nine out of ten but i'm gonna go i'm gonna go seven out of ten in this um we'll ask for more um native actors in this film i would take a little more practical effects because this was a prime movie for it you have a single monster you have a fun uh, bursting out chrysalis thing going on and um and antlers as mm-hmm. you know as sort of props i would i would love to see more practical effects in this in this movie or if there if a sequel is is made um but i love the mix of magical stuff of zombie bits and and i love monster movies so i will and i also thought this was the setting was awesome and i really liked most of the performances in it and it was cool Seven out of ten. Should watch it. The kids in this movie, Josh. Oh yeah, I seen them. Out of five sad sock monkey dolls. Oh my god! It's this dog shit. Oh god. <sighs> out of five, how many do you give the children? Um, I give them five. They were wonderful. Great bully. Great Lucas, great Aiden. Mm, Aiden. What, what more is there to love? And it felt like a very real class of of twelve year olds. Um, yeah, no, super well cast and mm-hmm. good. Yeah. How Same, about you? Samesies, five out of five. Yeah. Good kids recently. Yeah. Really, uh, great casting with Lucas. Like, super sad. I don't. Mm-hmm. I'm. I'm. I think he must, well, I guess there's no way to know, but he must have been younger than 12. He's like such a tiny little kid and he's skinny. You know? Yeah, and they to make have him, him look, play the undersized yeah. 12-year-old is is just great. Kids not getting what they need, you know? That really, really strikes a terrible chord. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to watch and I do enjoy going to the depths for yes. some reason. You know what else I like seeing? I liked seeing his sort of steeliness, his toughness mm-hmm. when it came, when it, when he needed it, right? Because he has to do so much in this. 
but when he just says to Carrie Russell, and don't follow me this time, mm-hmm. that's like a great little moment of just like, I'm also not fucking around. Yeah. Like I thought that was a good, it was a good performance by a good mm-hmm. line read by him. Mm-hmm. Um, there. And yet she does, but she doesn't go in the house, which was a really great scene when she's like, she just bolts yeah, when like, she hears. Not. Yeah, yeah, she hears the monster. She's like, "Fuck no, not going in this house." Yep, yep. that's it. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I think we all deserve that in a movie where you see them run away instead of up the stairs. Yes, totally. Ah, oh, Josh, so great to be back. We were a little bit late on our thirteenth of the month here, but we're. Very excited for Spooktoberfest. That's right. No apologies. No remorse. Spooktoberfest is coming. Halloween talk is imminent. And we're going to come into Spooktoberfest with two movies. So we're going to do one middle of the month and then another one. uh, Just before Halloween. Just before Halloween. And to get you guys ready, um, we're going to be watching Black Phone. That's right. The well-regarded new movie, The Black Phone. (laughs) Is it The Black Phone? It is The Black Phone. The Black Phone. Okay. And a classic, you may have heard of it, Nightmare on Elm Street. (laughs) So get ready and watch those movies. But please. Don't be a creep. Get in touch. Email us at mummyxdeady at gmail.com. We're on Twitter and Facebook at mummyxdeady and on Instagram at mummyxdeadypod, where we will be posting our question of the week. Ha, come answer that. If you like what you hear, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And hey, while you're at it, tell a friend. No haters allowed. Our theme music is by Kyle Andrews. Our logo was designed by Daryl Weinberg. Maggie Spaulding is my favorite kind of vegetable. (gasps) Bye. Bye. Come here, boy. You'll be a normal little buck just like everybody else, right? A chip off the old antlers. 